She's out to trial. Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. All righty, today's a big old Tuesday. Week six has officially wrapped up in the NFL with Monday Night Football. Last night, Bills at Titans. And uh, folks, we've done it. We have saved humanity. We have saved the human race for now. But uh, we'll take that. We upset the machines last night, taking the Titans plus six, folks. Plus six points. How crazy. It started at plus five and a half, and we already thought that was great value. And then we checked the uh, the final ending line last night, and it was Titans plus six. Could you imagine swallowing six points if you're taking the Bills and not getting those six big old points with the home team on a Monday night football game? What were the machines thinking they got way too cocky they had us last week taking uh the bills plus three over the chiefs and they went out right they covered the spread all that the machines were got uh they they were right last week but they got cocky they were like you know what we we could get three but let's sell six points with the bills that's how good we feel about the bills that's how uh the machines were feeling betting the bills they're like you know we can swallow six we can swallow ten next week it probably would have been bills minus 20 uh in the machines probably would have been a little, you know, out of their gourd a little bit, but we ended up, uh, you know, facing off the machines last night. Absolutely fantastic. So we're back, baby. We don't have to sell the show. We don't have to bow down to the machines and we don't have to turn over uh, the show to the machines, which, uh, wouldn't have been great, I don't think. I don't think it would have been great content if we had a machine running the show, but who knows? Maybe they do know, but either way, we, we were right, folks. We were right. That's the whole point right here. We know what we're talking about. Titans plus six. They went out right. Bingo, bango. We got to break down that game as well. Uh, so we're going to be obviously breaking down the game from last night. We got tight end university Tuesdays here, folks. We're ranking all the great tight end performances. And there were some real good ones. Not a lot. Um, this may be the uh, smallest week of tight end university. But that doesn't mean that there isn't great stuff to look at. So we'll break down those tight ends as well. And then week six is wrapped up in the NFL, so we've got to rearrange our power rankings. Bills were at number three. The machines forced us to pit the Bills at number three heading into this week, but we got something to say about that to the machines, folks. Let me drop in a little bit. So, got to reorder the top ten. Two new teams coming in. Two teams going out, folks. This is Now we're starting to get into it. The uh, power rankings haven't been that great the first couple of weeks. Not a lot of movement, but uh, we got some nice movement this week, folks. So, Got to do all that today on the show, so let's just jump right into it. So let's get into the Thursday night, or Monday night, what are we talking about? The Monday night football game here from last night, Bills at Titans, an absolutely great game, absolutely great, and you know, this is not a knock to the Bills, the Bills still played very, very well in this game, there is just one cause for concern, our initial cause for concern 
with this Bills team this year was uh, not the defense. This defense is so freaking good, folks. Holy cow. Just watching this Bills defense the entire game. Um, it's just, if you were just looking at the pure defensive side, you're like, how did they lose this game? Truly should not have lost this game uh, because this Bills defense is great. So, um, you know, that was always not one of our concerns about the Bills. You know, we always knew their defense was great, but our first initial concern with the Bills this season was the Bills weren't closing out the doors against the team. Teams, uh, that they should have closed the door against in the first half. They left the door open against Miami. No two. Uh, they needed to close that door, put up points, not settle for field goals in the first half. And uh, they ended up winning at the end, but they didn't close the door. And they also did the same against the Texans. Didn't really close the door in the first quarter. First half, I should say. Uh, but then they went against the Chiefs, and that kind of, you know, um, you know, put us a little at ease. But then, you know, there was still a little concern here, and it showed 100% in this game as well. Not scoring touchdowns in the red zone, settling for field goals. So once again, we're not concerned with the Bills' defense, but now we're concerned with the offense in the red zone not putting up the touchdowns. And once again, we're not worried about this Bills' offense. It's just in the red zone portion folks. Um, when we uh, look at what the Bills did just on their drives yesterday, I mean first drive of the game, they have to settle for a field goal and we're going to look at all these flounders in the red zone of why they stalled and why they had to settle for a field goal, but let's set up everything before we start breaking down the numbers and the stats and the film and all that. So First drive, it's a big drive, 13 plays, 74 yards, 6 minutes, 20 seconds taken off the clock, but it only resulted into 3 points, and we, we, uh, when I was watching the game, I'm sure it was apparent to y'all, because it was kind of jumping out at the screen to me, I mean, this Titans team could do nothing in the first quarter, this game was Bills all day, first quarter, all day long, but the Bills not really closing out the door on this Titans team, our initial concern, and we you know we can kind of pair that with, you know, not scoring touchdowns and settling for field goals in the red zone, so the first drive, like we said, ends up in a field goal, but then the Titans have to punt the ball again. Bills punt, but then they get a pick by Ryan Tannehill, and they start at great starting field position at their own 48-yard line, but what happens again? They stall, and they have to settle for another field goal, so a really fantastic first quarter, and they're only up 6 nothing. That was pure domination by the Bills the entire first quarter, but they left the door open. It's still a one-score game because you couldn't uh, you know, put up touchdowns, couldn't make it 10 nothing, couldn't make it 14 nothing. truly putting on the pressure in squeezing the Titans heading into the second quarter. So what do the Titans do? They go down and score a touchdown and then all that great work defensively that the Bills had the first quarter just instantly went away. The momentum is gone. The fans are in the game now. Derrick Henry rips off a 76-yard touchdown because that's what Derrick Henry does, folks. Come on, respect the king. Oh my god, I was gleaming. I was cheesing. I was gushing watching this Derrick Henry run and we're going to watch all of Derrick Henry's highlights because, I mean, we'll never get tired of that. It's just truly, folks. I was talking to one of my friends last night, and, uh, you know, we were talking about running backs, and man, oh, man, it's just Derrick Henry, just visually watching Derrick Henry. He, no other running back uh, currently playing compares, stacks up. Like, I like watching these other running backs. I like watching Joe Mixon and Delvin Cook and all that, but they don't live up to what Derrick Henry does. He is truly in another stratosphere of athletic running backs in this league, folks, so it's just 
this. Nobody compares to Derrick Henry, so we got to watch his highlights in that 76-yard run. Barely touched. Man, oh, man. Man, oh, man. The man is great. Oh, my God. I can't wait. But let's get back to uh, our concerns about this Bills offense. So Derrick Henry rips off a big 76-yard touchdown, and now the Titans are up 7-6. Now, this is, you know, why we're still big on the Bills. So overall, we're not bashing the Bills. We're not knocking the Bills. This is still a really great football team, folks. But when we're talking about great football teams to the next level of, like, elite football teams, um, can they win the Super Bowl? We know the Bills can get very close to the Super Bowl, but, you know, it's a different thing of getting close to the Super Bowl like they did last year, losing in the AFC Championship game to winning the Super Bowl. Ask Jared Goff. He got to a Super Bowl, but he could not do anything in there. So that's a different step. And that's what, you know, we should be talking about with this Bills team. This is why we're holding them to this high standard, folks. We say this all the time. We talk about different teams and different players differently depending on their circumstances. And this Bills team, over last season and what they've accomplished already this season, they are now in that elite category that we really need to start picking them apart and fine, going through with like a fine-tooth comb to truly see what this team's about and where their flaws are Flaws are because they are an elite team. So when we talk about all this stuff, folks, we're still respecting the heck out of the Bills. Please don't take it as disrespect or we're not big on this Bills team or we hate this Bills team or anything like that. They're just at that level where they're great and we need to start seeing greatness every single play, honestly. But this is why we don't have the concern with the Bills. After the Titans go down and score the touchdown, making making it 7-6, to six, the Bills answer with the big touchdown drive. They go up 13-7, to seven, so they're able to answer. They're able to kind of come up to those big moments and get it done. Not every single time we saw Josh Allen fourth and one at the last play of the game. He can't pick up the QB sneak, unfortunately. So it's just certain situations, folks, not overall totality-wise. So... Bills make it 13 to 7 and then the Titans make it 13 to 10 with a field goal and then Josh Allen throws an interception and what does Ryan Tannehill do with the ball? They score a touchdown off the Josh Allen interception. Now, this interception wasn't really 100% Josh Allen's fault. Edge rusher coming off the side, kind of hits his arm, hits the ball as he's throwing and it kind of gets tipped up. So that's not on Josh Allen, but the Titans score 7 off the turnover. And once again, Josh Allen and the Bills do a, an incredible job of answering that touchdown right before halftime and going into halftime with the three-point lead. But remember that turnover, and then um, the Titans score a touchdown because we're going to have a Ryan Tannehill interception in the second half. And once again, the Bills, they settle for a field goal. But here we go. In the third quarter, first drive out of halftime to truly, once again, close the door. You already have a three-point lead. Scoring a touchdown makes it a two-possession lead. That's what we're talking about with the Bills. Get that lead nice and high. Bill, you know, like Feed off of that momentum of you scoring. In the first drive out of halftime, they have to settle for a field goal. And what do the Titans do? Once again, score a touchdown, retaking the lead, making it 24-23. to So not closing out the door, not scoring in the red zone. That's our only concern for the Bills here. And then the Bills, once again, the answer. We've got no problem with the Bills answering because they go down and score a touchdown of their own. And they get the two-point conversion, right? They got the two-point conversion here. Um, yeah, and then uh, Josh Allen gets the two-point conversion. Now they're officially up seven. And uh, Titans settle for a field goal. Um, where was this interception at? The, oh, this is what I want to talk about. I thought it came later. It came earlier. My apologies. But once again, the Bills 
uh, the first quarter interception by Ryan Tannehill. They only settled for a field goal where, where Ryan Tannehill turned that turnover to a touchdown. And that was kind of a little bit of the game right there. It's only a three-point game. That field goal off the interception, you lose four points off of that. That's kind of the game a little bit. Um, you know, if plays, if you want to kind of track how the game turned down to one play and all that, that's the play right there. That's the drive right there, that first quarter drive that's resulted in a field goal after the Ryan Tannehill interception. So you've got to make your opponents pay with touchdowns off of turnovers. We say this all the time. Look at what happened last year in the NFC Championship game. Bucks, Green Bay, Tom Brady throws three interceptions, and Aaron Rodgers can only cash in on one. That And then they lose close. You must make them pay. Get that momentum back. Fuel your offense. Fuel your defense. But the Bills just not doing that. So then we go into the fourth quarter, and then the Titans retake the lead 34 to 31. And then we've got the, you know, Josh Allen on first down, unfortunately, or on fourth down, fourth and one from the three yard line. QB sneak slips instantly and can't get any push. So unfortunate there. And I've got no problem with the, goal, uh, the call. I like the aggressive call there by Sean McDermott. Uh, you can tie the game. Um, should you have tied the game right there? I don't know. It's fourth and one. I mean, it's Josh Allen. He's a big, beefy quarterback. Back. He hits the, uh, you know, um, QB sneaks all the time. Just unfortunate, you know, just couldn't get it this time. So just a close game lost here by the Bills. And this is what we're talking about. Close games, not getting it done in the red zone. And let's talk about these red zone stats here, folks, because putting these numbers in perspective, this is what we're talking about. The numbers are backing up our concerns. And we've been talking about these concerns for the last couple of weeks here. Last week when they beat the Chiefs, everybody kind of forgot about those concerns, but they re-showed up right here. We know the Chiefs, all those turnovers, you know, the Bills defense. Once again, the Bills defense creating all those turnovers. Fantastic. But uh, let's break down the numbers here. So here we go. Bills in the red zone. They had 24 trips inside the red zone, which is basically the most in the league here. We see another team. The Chargers also have 24 red zone trips. Absolutely great. So once again, we're not worried about the Bills offense in totality. It's this specific instance kind of in the red zone basically right here. So the Bills, 24 trips inside the red zone. They have 100% score rate, which is fantastic scoring every time in the red zone but but our concern settling for field goals they only score a touchdown on 58 percent of those red zone targets so about 12 of the 24 resulting in a touchdown and you may say well that's good but look at it compared to everybody else around the league it is so low they are the highest in trips but lowest in touchdown completions here or touchdown efficiency in the red zone we get Arizona at 71% touchdown um, touchdown scoring in the red zone. Atlanta's even at 68%. Baltimore's at 68%. Carolina, Sam Darnold is at 61%. 61% Sam Darnold in the red zone? Come on. Josh Allen in this Bills offense schematically play calling. Sean McDermott, we're going to talk about him in a second as well. Um, this is the entire offense, folks. We're not nitpicking on one person, one player, or anything. It's the collective of the Bills offense here in the red zone that is questionable. 
Chicago, 61%. Cincinnati, 80%. Cleveland, 57%. Who's their quarterback? Baker Mayfield. He's getting made uh, like a made to look like a clown in the national media. Same numbers with the Browns. That's nowhere that where the Bills want to be. Dallas at 60%. Denver's at 42%. But that's with Teddy Bridgewater. So that's given as well. You don't want to be compared to Baker Mayfield and Teddy Bridgewater at this current moment. And so far, the Bills offense in the red zone is kind of like those two. Who else do we got here? Indianapolis. Oh, my goodness. 36%. Once again, Carson Wentz. Trash. Somebody you don't want to be compared to. Can't get it done in the red zone. We get Jacksonville at 64%. Kansas City at 70%. The Chargers at 62%. Uh, the Rams at 59%, which is a little surprising. Also a little concerning as well. Um, not getting it done. Matthew Stafford and company not getting it done. So, once again, we see great teams with this same cause for concern right here. Once again, we're not knocking the bills overall but it is a concern uh we got the saints at 92 percent the giants at 40 percent they're abysmal so you don't want to be anywhere close to that like we're saying uh phillies at 64 percent the steelers the steelers are at 60 percent granted they only have 10 trips but overall the numbers folks the numbers the percentage wise numbers so the bills are very very low bottom of the barrel getting it done scoring touchdowns in the red zone that's our big concern and we're going to watch the plays in a second to see, is it the offensive play calling? Is it Josh Allen? Is it the receivers? Is it Sean McDermott? We're going to try and figure that out with the plays there uh, that we've picked out. But um, let's bring it back a little bit full circle to say that, hey, these concerns were kind of lingering last year as well. Because when we just look at we know this Bills offense is great. They're putting up the points, right? That's all everybody was talking about in the first kind of five weeks here up until this loss. It's going to be interesting what the media says this week. We'll pay attention to it and we'll report back to y'all. Also, we'll see what y'all are saying as well. I uh, want to see how y'all are kind of, uh, you know, breaking down this game and what you're taking away and all that. Uh, but we digress. Uh, last season, this was the last season with the Bills. Once again, they're, they're scoring a lot of points. You know, shutting out the Dolphins, shutting out the Texans, putting up like 40 points in each of those contests. Big Bills offense scoring pace is absolutely fantastic. But what happened with the Bills last season in the playoffs? Their scoring kind of dried up a little bit. They still won games and still got the AFC Championship game once again, very, very solid team. We're not knocking the team. We can't stress that enough here. Um, but their overall scoring pace truly dropped off. And, you know, this was our, kind of our thinking and narrative in the offseason. We were kind of thinking, hey, Sean McDermott gets a little bit clammed up in the offensive kind of scheme overall a little bit right here. So here we go. I mean, this was their scoring totals last season. Here we go. This is how many points they were putting up, folks. We're just going to list them off from game by game. Here we go. 27 points. 31, 35, 30, 16, 17, 18, 24, 44, 30, 27, 34, 26, 48, 38, 56. Especially these last, like, eight games, folks. Look at these point totals. 27, 34, 26, 48, 38, 56. Sheesh. They were putting up points all season long. But then in the playoffs, game one, 27 points. Nothing great. It's average kind of scoring pace right there. They got the win. Fantastic for getting the win. Game number two, they only put up 17 points. Scoring's driving up. Not trusting Josh Allen to push the ball down the field. Not putting the ball in Josh Allen's hand. That got you all these points last season. So cause for concern there. Maybe by Sean McDermott not trusting Josh Allen 100% or whatever it is. And then in the AFC Championship game, only putting up 24 points. Giving up 38. It was possible to... Score 38 points, where we know the Bills have no problem scoring 38 points. Uh, they've done it like 
four, five times last season and got very close to a handful of other times of trying to reach that 38-point total, but they only put up 24. So once again, the offensive scoring, putting up the points, not settling for field goals, putting up the touchdowns, that's still our concern with the Bills, folks, and we just saw it last night again, again, unfortunately. Now let's just go back. I kind of I want to watch some of these plays right here. We've got them queued up. Big plays, big drives, big all of this that we got to break down a little bit and see why they stalled in the red zone and why they settled for field goals. Is it on Josh Allen? Is it on the receivers overall? Is it on the play calling? Or is it just great defense? Are they just getting locked up? Are they not scheming somebody open? Are we putting that on? Who is the offensive coordinator for the Bills? I know Sean McDermott has a little bit to say in the offense. I don't think yeah, I know he's not calling play. Plays. Um, Bills play caller is it Brandon Bean? I think that's uh, I think that's right. Let me double check right here before we get into this. Bills playmaker, uh, play Bills play caller. Offensive coordinator, I might just go to offensive coordinator. Uh, Brian DeBull, that's right. Brian DeBull, maybe a little hesitant in the play calling, um, you know, as they get into the playoffs, not wanting to lose the game. Got to keep that aggressiveness. Got to keep up the aggressiveness here of what worked on in keeping how the you are scoring offensively in season. We just saw it last season, and uh, we don't want that to happen this season as well. But let's see these plays right here. So the first drive up here, the first play we're going to look at, it's the first field goal drive. Why did it stall right here? They got in the red zone. We get a first and 10 pass. We get a second and six run. And then we get a third and three from the five, a pass incomplete. So let's watch this drive and see what the offense was looking like here for the Bills on their first field goal drive. Here we go. Play action, or not even a play action. Just Josh Allen dumps it off right there. And it picks up about five, four or five yards. Unfortunately, we don't have the all 22. It is not up yet. But uh, let's see. Was this the right decision? Was there anything else really open? Everything was really covered right there. So just a dump off right there. Nothing. I mean, there was like one route that went like seven yards down the field. The other two routes went like two, three yards down the field. So overall, you know, not really aggressive there. And then we're going to get a run here. And I know the run game was good this game for the Bills and all that. They were kind of, you know, doing decently in that department early on. All right, here we go. Then they hand off the ball, take the ball out of Josh Allen's hand, and then you get him a little cold on third and three. I think we just got to start letting Josh Allen get it done here in the red zone, being aggressive, make him, or just have him, let him make those tight window throws. We've seen him make them last season, folks. This man, he if he wants to be an elite quarterback like we know he can be, you've got to trust him in the red zone to fire it in there in tight situations. We obviously know the field shrinks in the red zone because there's left less uh, space to cover left field less field to cover so make Josh Allen allow him get those routes open take those 50-50 routes I don't know uh, did they ever throw like a back shoulder end zone fade on a one-on-one -on -one matchup here in the red zone why are you not scheming that that is what Josh Allen should be throwing to here so we'll keep that in mind are they calling that play right here um, just anytime during the red zone so here we go we get a third and three in the red zone they don't pick it up let's see what Josh Allen threw to let's see what he had to work with here here we go four wide running back goes out for a route plenty of time to throw Josh Allen scrambling around right here 
buying all the time to throw and he did miss a throw right here folks we don't see it here but we are gonna see it. he just ends up throwing it away about as much time as he could and we're gonna get the replay right here so here we go and they break it down it's fantastic so yes initially everything very well covered and they pointed out here in the broadcast they circle all the matchups that is true but Josh Allen extended the play with his legs here and when he does that you have to look for your receivers to come back to the ball and all that and we see Josh Allen. There was a glimpse of open right here. Stephon Diggs in the corner. Let's focus on him. So now after the scramble, people are fighting to get open. And here we go. Stephon Diggs. It's now a one-on-one -on -one matchup. All the defenders are clearing the left side of the field to bring down Josh Allen. Stephon Diggs right there got free. He got free. He's coming back towards the ball. This is where Josh Allen, you flip your hips. You throw this one low and outside where only Stephon Diggs can catch it. And we know Stephon Diggs can catch the ball, obviously. He's right here. Look at This is open. This is open now right here. Josh Allen, you must see it. He's open. Throw it low and away towards the sideline there's no chance at an interception a breakup it's either a completion or an incomplete pass we know he threw the incompletion right here because he just threw it away so give your receivers an opportunity to make a catch for the ball he is open right here if you put it right on him and he just doesn't he doesn't even take the shot he just throws it away in the dirt unfortunate we've got he's got to start making those throws these are this is where the game is won and lost we're seeing it right here we saw it last season uh, we saw it early we, we couldn't see it early on in the season because nobody had quarterbacks to kind of compete with Josh Allen so far so first that is a little mistake on Josh Allen I'm gonna put it on Josh Allen a, li a little bit if you want to be elite if this team wants to be elite if Josh Allen wants to be elite you must make that play at least see the play and I don't think he saw it you've got to see it all right, here we go. Back in the red zone right here. This is the second drive. We get a third and goal. An incomplete pass right there. They have to settle for another field goal. Let's see what happens. Here we go. And they've got so many people dropped back in coverage right here. They are forcing Josh Allen to make that pinpoint precision throw right here. Let's see what he does. Let's see if anything's open. And let's see how this plays turns out. But here we go. Third and goal. Drops back to pass. Plenty of time to throw. Strikes it right in front of the goal line right there. And it's inaccurate. And he, show, he sees it. He's nodding his head. He taps his chest. That's on me. Not being 100% precise to Stefan Diggs here at the the goal line and this would have been open this would have been a touchdown let's watch this replay here he goes throws the ball way too low starting to wobble right there and way too low still probably got to catch that but once again you must make it as easy as possible on your receivers to catch this ball it didn't need to be that far outside and really that low it could have been you know a little bit higher in kind of the same direction but overall Josh Allen, he put that one on himself. He's taking responsibility for that. Yes, Stephon Diggs in a perfect world should have caught that. But we're looking at Josh Allen talking about him. He needs to be an elite level quarterback. We're seeing, we're seeing his completion percentage drop from last season. Why? These throws right here in the red zone. So a little on him to get out to that slow start. Once again, our thinking was correct a couple weeks ago. Them not closing the door right here. You make this a 14-0 game. 
Who knows what happens? Can the Tennessee Titans, you know, drum up the offense? Do they even stick with Derrick Henry? Because that's what Derrick, that's what got the Titans back in the game. The 72-yard run by Derrick Henry. And they still only ran the ball 20 games, which I think was like the least amount this season for Derrick Henry. So you kind of already had him on the ropes a little bit, throwing the ball a little bit more than they were... Uh, running the ball, so what happens if you get up 14 nothing? Do they just kind of go with Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball? And you know, if that happens, you're probably going to come out with a win if you're if you're forcing Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball down after down after down. We saw it two years ago in the uh, uh, with the Ravens to go to the AFC Championship game, um, right against the Ravens or against the Chiefs. Because the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game where they he was forced to throw the ball because Derrick Henry couldn't get anything all game. And what do they do? They lose and they lost by double digits. So you've got to make these throws. We've got two more plays queued up here and then we'll talk about the overall stats and watch our man Derrick Henry. Um, all right, here we go. Ryan Tan or uh, Josh Allen. Here we go. What do we got this one? Another field goal drive right here. Uh, field goal drive stall. Here we go. Let's see why. Let's see why. Here we go. We get a second and six. I think we're watching back-to-back -back plays right here. Uh, it's just a Josh Allen design quarterback run up the middle. And I've got no problems utilizing Josh Allen as a dual threat kind of quarterback. I've got to give praise once again to Josh Allen, folks. He's holding on to the ball so freaking well. Last season, early on, like the first like one or two, maybe even game number three, he was fumbling the ball a lot and losing those fumbles. He cleaned that up all last season for the rest of the season, and he's still cleaning it up here. So he's truly cleaned up the fumbles. Or Baker Mayfield, we just got two fumble, two interceptions and a fumble two fumbles in an interception either way he's still fumbling the ball Josh Allen cleaned that up so huge praise and props to Josh Allen and I've got no problems with utilizing him as a running quarterback I've got no problem direct snap runs read options play actions all that letting him take it and keep it I've got no problems with that play calling I think it's good unfortunately here picks up no yards and now let's go to the third and sixth pass play right here. Once again, they're only up three points. You And this is the first drive out of halftime we were talking about that resulted into a field goal. You go up ten points right here in the second half. What happens? You've got more breathability. Uh, you know, you can give up a score and then come back and rescore and all that. But he only keeps it basically a one-possession game. And the Titans answer, the Bills answer. But then at the final... Josh Allen can't get it done in the red zone. But here we go. Back to the third and six here. Here we go. Josh Allen, play action pass. Plenty of time to throw. And then once again, just a little bit off target here to Cole Beasley. Let's see if we get another replay, another look at this one from a back angle. Just a little bit off the mark right here. Trying to go to Cole Beasley low and away. So we're just going to get a little bit of a comeback route here with Cole Beasley. Josh Allen buys time, kind of rolls out of the pocket a little bit. This is open. You've got to throw this one inside a little bit. And he throws it a little bit too much inside and a little bit too low. You can put it up on the body right here. Cole Beasley was able to get a lot of separation where you can put this one on the body right here. Put it on the body. Let Cole Beasley catch it. You know, he's usually surefire if you put it right on him in the body. Even though a big hit's coming, he usually holds on to it. A little bit on Cole Beasley as well there. Must catch that ball at all costs. I understand that. But like we said, it is the quarterback's responsibility to put the ball on 
as much on target as possible and in a clean pocket like that in a kind of real big situation we've just got to see the accuracy short up a tad I mean we're not talking about awful accuracy folks you know everything is nuanced folks I'm so sick of the if it's not this then it must be this if it's this then it cannot be that it's nuanced folks we can break things down to to a T to a percentage point I mean that's really what um, kind of separates great and good is it's like a minuscule of percentage of talent and all that so this is what we do here on the show once again what we do here it takes by fans breaking down everything seeing everything in comparison in context all this this is what we do here folks so a little disappointed in Josh Allen and then here we go we get the final drive here in the red zone, but we had a first and 10. We had a first and 10. It wasn't just Josh Allen, you know, trying to QB sneak, doesn't get a time, runs out. They had ample opportunities to score a touchdown, not just on Josh Allen's shoulders right here of not picking it up on the QB sneak. Let's see what happened here. Here we go. We get first and 10, 50 seconds left. They're down three, uh, three timeouts. You can do whatever you want, throw it in space, throw it over the middle of the field, check it down, whatever you want to do, y'all, you have every everything to your disposal here with all three timeouts here we go let's see the first and 10 play what do they decide to do let's see if there was anything open if he took a dink let's see but uh fake the screen hand it off picks up about three four yards Alrighty, then we get a second and six. Here we go. Josh Allen drops back to pass. Plenty of time to throw and then just kind of throws it up there. I think that's Emmanuel Sanders in the back of the end zone here. Unfortunate. Very well covered and it falls incomplete. But let's see. Was there anything open here? I mean, you hit uh, Cole Beasley right there on the out. You got to make the that's where to go with the ball. He's wide open. Josh Allen doesn't see him. And now you make it third and one. Third and one. So you try the QB sneak. You don't get it. You try it again on fourth and one. And you probably get it if you try it twice. You got to go to Cole Beasley right there. Just an out, maybe a yard shy of the first down. But it still makes it third and manageable instead of third and six. And then you got two chances to pick up one yard. But Josh Allen waits way too long, and then it gets covered, and then he gets he throws it into a uh, very well-covered Emmanuel Sanders and a jump ball that is, once again, this is not what you throw for a jump ball, 50-50 ball. Look at where he throws this ball. Way too low, way too low, way too low. You've got to throw this high, high. So, once again, the accuracy in the red zone by Josh Allen. It's not there, folks. And now we're going to get a third and six here. What do they decide to do here? Third and six. Uh, still plenty of time. You, they only use one timeout. 38 seconds left. Here we go. Plenty of time to throw. He steps up in the pocket trying to utilize his legs. And, man, he makes a great-ass effort. And, once again, big praise to Josh Allen fighting for every single inch. He's a competitor. He's a warrior, folks. We're only talking about him in this context, you know, truly detailing everything and breaking it down to, you know, percentage points of good and bad. It's because he's really earned this right. The team has earned this right so you know we're we're truly picking it fine tooth comb style folks but it, it is it's it's for a reason because we see glimpses of greatness here by Josh Allen and if you want to be great in this league like Tom Brady you've got to get kind of nitpicked apart unfortunately just comes up a little bit short we get the great look right here unfortunately just a little short of that first down but once again heart of a warrior right there just it's a game of inches with Josh Allen and that's exactly what it is he's coming up literally inches short on everything that would be fantastic and just certifies it as 
as good. We want fantastic. We want greatness, eliteness, all of that, whatever you want to call it. Josh Allen is literally inches away. This Bills team is inches away from that. Just situational, couple of yards, and this is a different Bills great team. But they've got to get there first. So Josh Allen can't get it. On the run, on the keeper. Also, we don't have the all 22, so that didn't seem like a designed uh, run there by Josh Allen. So, did he miss somebody? All of that. We don't have the all 22, unfortunately. And then we get Josh Allen, QB sneaking, feet instantly slip out from under him, and he gets no yards there on the fourth and one. I don't mind the call, but we the Bills have to figure it out in the red zone. Must put up touchdowns, must score the ball, and uh, Josh Allen got to clean up the accuracy a little bit. So that's the only thing that we've that that's the only knock that we have on this Bills uh, Bills team overall, folks. It's not like we are actively looking to knock this team and all that. It's just what it is, folks. And we saw last season we saw it in the playoffs last season and now we're starting to see it in a couple of games early on this season they must get it cleaned up in the red zone Josh Allen must start being a hundred thousand percent accurate here down in the red zone or it's going to cost him I mean folks we see Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs they get it done in the red zone folks let's look up their um, red zone percentage right here because uh, that's the team to beat no I think that's still kind of the team to beat in the AFC kind of the Chiefs um, so here we go Kansas City Let's talk about their red zone percentage numbers and all that. Uh, here we go. Kansas City, they got into the red zone 20 times, 20 times. Uh, and like we said, the Bills got in there 24 times. So basically on the same pace right there. And the Chiefs score at a 70%. They score 7 out of 10 times a touchdown instead of a field goal where the Bills kind of 50-50 touchdown field goal and it bites you in the butt, folks. It bites you in the butt. So that's what we've got to talk. That's what we've got to say here for the Bills in the Titans game. That's really all it comes down to. Shout out to the Titans for staying staying resilient because their defense was getting picked apart and just like from the 20s to the 20s. Jeez Louise. Uh, that's why we like this Bills team. These Titans corners are not good at all, <laughs> really. Uh, but let's start talking about some numbers right here, and then we'll watch Derrick Henry, and then we'll move on here. But here we go. Uh, well, let's start here with the Titans. And they got the win. Yes, sir. Take that, machines. Yes, sir. We know what we're talking about. Took the Titans plus six. Fantastic value. And they went out right. No worries. But here we go. Ryan Tannehill goes 18 of 29. 18 of 29. Only 62% completion percentage. Not like Ryan Tannehill was doing his thing out there. He threw an interception as well. No passing touchdowns. All of that. Only 216 yards. So he was making it work. Once again, that's why we can rely on Ryan Tannehill when the running game is going good, when everything is going good. Ryan Tannehill can do what he did yesterday, and uh, that's exactly what we get from him. A nice win here at the end of the game. All that, not really turning over the ball too much, and just delivering the ball to the open receiver, and that's all Ryan Tannehill needs to do for this Titans team, and it's working, folks. It's working. It's one, you know, one team threw the ball 29 times, had a poor completion percentage. The other team threw the ball 47 times for 350 yards and just lost the game. Put up basically the same amount of points. But once again, the difference, the Bills settled for field goals, folks, when they really shouldn't have. Um, Derrick Henry, 20 carries for 143 yards, three touchdowns. You've got to give the man credit. And like we said, this was one of his least amount of carries. Usually we're at like 29 to 33. He's only at 20 here. But once again, we say it, the Derrick Henry rushing first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, a complete game by Derrick Henry rushing. That's the biggest advantage in football, folks. It wears you down. They utilize Derrick Henry and the Bills just cannot stop him all game long. Long. 
All right, who was Ryan Tannehill throwing to? We got A.J. Brown coming up with some big clutch throws in this or catches in this game. Seven catches for 91 yards. Julio Jones only three catches, 59 yards. Nick Westbrook, Akeen, three catches, 27 yards. And then they couldn't even really get the ball to Derrick Henry in the passing game. Not that they really do that anyway. They try to do it. It doesn't really work. Uh, so shout out to the Bills defense. Once again, a really great defense. Not allowing the screen passes to Derrick Henry. Only two catches for 13 yards. And then for the Bills side, here we go. Josh Allen, 35 of 47, 74% completion percentage. We love it. 353 yards, three touchdowns. We love absolutely all of that. But the interception we don't love, we don't love him not getting it done in the red zone and settling for field goals on big drives. That's what he's got to clean up, folks. That's it. That's the only knock. That's the only note on this Bills team. The offensive play calling in Josh Allen in the red zone. That's it. Uh, Devin Singletary, five carries for 27 yards. Josh Allen ran the ball nine times for 26 yards. And then Zach Moss, eight carries for 24 yards. So overall running back by committee, a lot of design rushes by Josh Allen as well. Uh, kind of, you know, resembling a little bit of what the Ravens do. Obviously not at the scale or efficiency, but that's kind of what they were going for here in this game. And it didn't do terrible, didn't do terrible. All right, then who was Josh Allen throwing to Emmanuel Sanders? Five receptions for 91 yards. I uh, love that he's really coming up strong here in yardage-wise. Have to see him a little bit more consistent, uh, getting open and catching the ball here. But overall, it's a good start here for Emmanuel Sanders early on for, with his first season with the Bills. Stephon Diggs always right there nine catches 89 yards touchdown Cole Beasley always right there seven receptions 88 yards and a touchdown Dawson Knox you know he's never you know a high powered target where they're going to him like 10 to 15 times a game so he had three targets three catches for 25 yards uh, Gabriel Davis two catches 25 yards Devin Singletary five catches for 16 yards so overall everything was good here by this Bills team so the only thing we have left to do is uh, Derrick Henry, his best plays from last night, the king, helping us take down the machines and proving that we know what we're talking about. So let's just watch Derrick Henry run. Look at this run right here, folks. Are y'all ready for the touchdown run? Right up the middle. Contact three yards uh, past the line of scrimmage, but that's not going to bring him down. A little a little, a little, uh, little shoulder thrown into him, not going to bring him down, stays on his feet. And then there it is, folks. Just can we talk about the speed folks can we talk about the sheer speed we talk about it all the time the kind of closing door Derrick Henry has to split these two defenders before kind of the door closes on Indiana Jones and he slides under and he gets his hat out before the door is closed that's Derrick Henry right here folks right between these two defenders right before they converge and he says I'll see y'all later and once again can we focus on the speed folks the speed of this man look at how he he looks compared to everybody else big beefy bulky big as heck 6'3 240 and he runs this fast oh my god taking the top off the defense while being a big beefy runner we absolutely love that got them back in the game off this one run once again Derrick Henry MVP <laughs> should we start that Derrick Henry MVP folks come on oh my goodness three touchdowns getting them back in the game 76-yard touchdown run. All righty. What else we got here by Derrick Henry in the red zone in the second quarter? Boom, boom, seven, eight strong yards falling forward. Here we go. Right before halftime, 34 seconds left. You're still getting the 
Ground and pound by Derrick Henry. Once again, they run the ball every single second. There's no circumstance, there's no instance where they're not going to run Derrick Henry. Right before halftime, still keeping you in check. Fourth quarter, still keeping you in check. Third quarter right here, delivering a blow, keeping you in check. Oh, how, how did you like going into halftime and talk uh, You know, talk about how you can stop me? Because here it is, I'm giving you the chance to re-implement your game plan. You couldn't stop me in the first half. Here I am, third quarter. 10 yards great right here and then blows the contact right there folks how did you like discussing how to stop me because obviously the plan that you put in place is not working and I'm here to deliver a blow as well he's not shying away from contact folks look at this man he's all about the contact here we go down in the red zone from the three yard line running Derrick Henry and he's gonna get in folks three yards Derrick Henry that's all he needs he's He's knocking down that door for the score for the touchdown. That's what uh, Josh Allen needs to be. Killer instinct in the red zone. Scoring touchdowns. Here we go. In the screen game. Oh, yeah. Catches the screen. Boom. Only three yards, but keeping you on your toes here. Now we're entering the fourth quarter. Derrick Henry. Strong running continues. Let's see. Here we go. Fourth quarter. Four minutes left. Down four points in the red zone. Set up screen, and Derrick Henry gets the blocking. And if he gets the blocking, that's nine yards. Yes, sir. What else do we get? Derrick Henry, second and one. Who are you going to trust to pick up this first down and get the touchdown? And look at this. Two really – these were the last points scored right there. Derrick Henry right here. And once again, look at the stiff arm. We've seen – we watched multiple videos of this man working on his, you know, stiff arm drills and all that. And he utilizes it in-game. Stiff arms, the linebacker, uh, kind of skips out of the ankle tackle. And that's a touchdown for the game, folks. Running him, using him all game long, wearing down the defense, the biggest – advantage in all of football folks running Derrick Henry every single quarter constantly through the entire game up big down big still running Derrick Henry he's gonna tire you out and there it is right there to cap off the game in style in fashion the king baby the king Derrick Henry respect big respect so that was Monday Night Football, an absolutely great game, another great primetime game of this NFL season. Just got to see Josh Allen shored up in the red zone. That's it, and that will move them up high in our power rankings, and we'll have no problem doing so. So Titans get the big old win, 34-31, and more importantly, we were right. Titans plus six was disrespect by Vegas, and we took it, we bet it, we cashed out, and uh, we hit a lick at Vegas's expense. Alrighty, next thing we have to do up here is now that the entire week six is in the books and we've seen every tight end perform that was going to perform this week, we've got to start talking about some great tight end performances, folks, because we are looking for the best tight end in the league at Tight End University. And if you're the best tight end in the league, you graduate Tight End University with summa cum laude honors. And that's what we are trying to find here. Every single week, we are handing out great grades to the best tight end performances relative to each other so we're only taking we're not doing every tight end every week only the tight ends that made the most impact for their team for the game resulting into a win or a close loss doing it in big situations third downs red zone on all that when you are making your impact to help your team because that's what tight ends are all about folks a little bit of the safety blanket a little bit of the safety net overall yes they could be a Travis Kelsey and a Darren Waller that can be the number one a one threat of your team yes but for the most part 
check down safety blankets, getting it done on third and short, getting it done in the red zone, utilizing your big and beefiness to kind of box out everybody in the end zone and all that. That's what we're looking for. And uh, <clears throat> we've got some real great performances here. We've got this big running list. And then at the end of the season, we will tally up all these grades and crown the best tight end in the league. That's what we're going for. So let's see who's making the list this week. And the first tight end we got to take a little bit of a look at here is the tight end from the Dolphins over across the pond in London. Still getting it done. Balling out on two continents. That's tight end university for you, folks. So first tight end we got to shout out here is Mike Kosicki for the Dolphins. Yes, the Dolphins lost, but they kept it close. And Mike Kosicki was big here. No Devontae Parker. And then to his first game back. And who does he rely on? The big, beefy, tall, strong, fast tight ends, baby. Who else are we going to, you know, rely on? Coming back from injury. One and four star. No great wide receiver weapons. You're going to the tight ends, folks. So Mike Kosicki, let's get to him. Overall stat line, leading receiver for the Dolphins. Eight receptions, 115 yards, and coming up in big clutch situations. So here we go. Uh, the first big clutch situation. First drive, folks. First drive of the game here over in London. No nerves. Everybody's cool as a cucumber. We got a third and six at midfield. Tua drops back to pass. And boom, fires it right over the middle. And can we talk about how wide open this man is? I mean, we're talking about five yards of separation. Once again, tight ends, big brain IQ, finding the soft spot of the zone. And on third and six, Tua relies on the tight end and makes a very reliable catch right there to move the chains. And it results into a touchdown. This is a touchdown drive, folks, that Mike Kosicki helped out with by picking up that third and six. Fantastic. Alrighty, next play up here. We get a field goal drive. A drive that results into a field goal. And how do they do it? Well, they start the drive. First play of the drive. Who do you go to to get a nice little drive starter? Well, why not go to your tight end? Because he's getting you 20 plus yards. Once again, great touch by Tua. We can take this opportunity to brag about Tua. We'll do it more tomorrow on our Wednesday film study. But we just cannot wait. Can we talk about this big Beautiful, perfect throw right here. It's just Mike Kosicki over the middle of the field right there. Great touch on the ball. Look at that. I mean, got it right over that big jumping linebacker. Great touch, finesse, accuracy for Tua. We say it all the time. We're not a Tua non-believer like everybody in the media. It makes no sense to us. He's fantastic. But back to Mike Kosicki. Boom. Got enough back. Got enough deep. Deep. That's the big brains by the tight ends. He was just at tight end university. They teach this. Making sure you're getting down to the first down marker. Making sure you're getting behind the linebackers. That you're putting enough distance between you and the linebacker. So the quarterback can loft it to you over that first line of defense. And then Mike Kosicki got so much confidence off this throw, he thought he could hurdle a standing up defender. We love the style points, we love the credit, and we might boost up your grade for, you know, going a little style points on him a little bit. He tries to leap a full standing up defender. It doesn't go good, um, obviously, uh, but a great catch right there to help the drive a kickoff, 20-plus yard pickup, and the drive ends in a field goal. Alrighty, here we go. Dolphins up three, trying to do something right before half. Uh, Ten seconds left at midfield, third and two, trying to get in the field goal range. And once again, who are you going to go to here? Who are you going to call? It's not Ghostbusters, it's tight ends, folks. And once again, Mike Kosicki right on the sideline, toe tapping down. And this sets up a 58-yard field goal. If he doesn't catch this ball, they can't even kick a field goal. It'd be like 65, 68 yards plus. But Mike Kosicki toe tapping on the sideline. Even the judge is like, he was 
he didn't he didn't get in. By the naked eye, Mike Kosicki doesn't get in. But you've got to use the machine. Zoom, zoom, zoom. He got his two feet down. Yes, sir. Catch, and it sets up a 58-yard field goal. Let's watch the toe drag right here. Here we go. One foot, two foot dragon sliding. I mean, fantastic. I mean, can we talk about great catching on the sideline? That's Mike Kosicki. That's the tight ends, folks. Unfortunately, the kicker misses it. Shame on the kicker. But the tight ends never quit, folks. End of half, end of the game. They're always in it every single second. As long as there's a second left on the clock, they're all up in it, folks. All right, here we go. Uh, last two plays here by Mike Kosicki, and then we give him a grade. Uh, here we go. Uh, actually, last three plays. Here we go. Um, touchdown drive. Dolphins down in the fourth quarter, 17-13. to 13. Drive first two plays of the drive that result into 50 yards. You got to go to your tight ends here. Here we go. First and 10 at their own 10-yard line to a play-action pass. Plenty of time to throw. Throws deep, and it's wide open, Mike Kosicki. It's wide open, Mike Kosicki. Let's watch it one more time. It was cut off a little bit. Here we go. He's going to be at the top of the screen, folks. Here we go. Boom, Tua once again. Perfect throw right here, wide open, and Mike Kosicki takes it all the way to the 40-yard line. Fantastic. Great drive starter. And then why not go to him again on the very next play? Boom! Boom! Wide open. And once again, can we talk about Tua right here? Step, throw, ball out of his hands quickly. Accurate as heck. Sees it immediately. He sees it right now. It's kind of a read option. Play action right here. He pulls it down. He sees. Oh! The tight end's in front of the defender right here. I can throw this. Boom. Throws it right on the money. Right in stride. Picks up another five yards off the rush there. And it results into a touchdown. This was a touchdown drive here. Set up by Mike Kosicki on the first two plays. And then the very last play right here that we got to look for Mike Kosicki. He tried his damnedest right here. Third and six. Here we go. Going to go to, uh, once again, this is a tie game, 2020, third and six, two minutes left in the game at their own 40-yard line. And they're going to go to Mike Kosicki to try and pick up this first down. And once again, he gives it his all, folks. Look at that little stretch right there to try and pick up those few extra inches. Unfortunately, he couldn't pick this up, and then it results into a a shotgun run with a running back. How lame was that? Once again, not on Tua, not on Mike Kosicki. Why this Dolphins lost this game? They were the only two people working all day for the Dolphins on Sunday in London but here we go Mike Kosicki gave it his effort unfortunately comes up a tad short but once again doing everything in their power to get the first downs to get it done to win the game uh, you know end of the first half end of the second half trying it all and just a bad play call on fourth down why the Dolphins lost the game but Mike Kosicki tried his damnedest and we're gonna give him a real solid A minus grade right here he was the only one here we go. And this is his third grade of the season, folks. An A minus week three, a C plus week four, and an A minus week five. He gets a score. He gets a touchdown. We bump it up to an A plus. They get the win. We bump it up to an A plus. Unfortunately, none of those things happen. So an A minus for Mike Kosicki. An absolutely great performance by the tight end this week. Shout out to Mike Kosicki, truly. All righty, now let's go to our next tight end. Got to flip our notes around. Where are we at? Right here. All righty. 
Here we go. Next tight end up here. We got to take a great big in-depth look at is Travis Kelsey. The man is back, folks. Here we go. Tight end for the Chiefs. Chiefs get the big win, 31-13, to and Travis Kelsey helped out. Uh, leading receiver for the Chiefs last week against Washington. Eight receptions for 99 yards. Classic what we know Travis Kelsey's all about, folks, right? Being the main focus here offensively, getting open, and he was helping out on scoring drive. So here we go. Take a quick look at the best place from Travis Kelsey in the best situation. So here we go. First drive here of the game. They go down and score a touchdown. And Travis Kelsey is a little bit of the reason why right here. Gets off to a great start here. We get first and 10. And Travis Kelsey is going to go for... 20 yards in the first down, and here he is right down the middle of the field. And a little bit uh, not greatly thrown here by, uh, you know, um, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Travis Kelsey probably could have got a little bit more yards on this ball, but uh, let's watch him right here. He's at the end of the line. Let's trace his movements. Just going to do a nice little in route in the middle of the field. Catch, boom, and then he takes off for another five yards. But look at this. Let's watch Patrick Mahomes on this throw holding back the tight ends. We don't want to see quarterbacks holding back the tight ends. Never. But uh, Patrick Mahomes a little bit holding back right here. He side arms it, and we see this ball um, thrown way behind Travis Kelsey. He has to stop and come back to it. But I mean, you throw it all, you kind of loft it up here. Let's get back to the action. Back to the right moment where if Patrick Mahomes just lofted this ball to Travis Kelsey, you just loft this one into space. I mean, he's open. This is this entire right side of the field is wide open. You loft it to him. I mean, Travis Kelsey's got the speed. He's going to keep going up the sideline, maybe even get it down to the 45, maybe even 50-yard line, maybe take it all the way to the house. I would say he's got the ability to do so, but maybe not most likely. But overall, Travis Kelsey with a great catch right there in this drive results into a touchdown. Well done, Travis Kelsey. Nice little drive starter. Alrighty, here we go. Then on the interception drive, before the interception, folks, they were going to Travis Kelsey, and he was getting them off to a great start as well here, trying to go up 14-3 here. Unfortunately, Patrick Mahomes with the interception, that's not his fault right here. Um, here we go. Where's the play at? Maybe I'm not right. Hang on. Do they not go to Travis Kelsey right here? Okay. Second quarter interception drive. Okay, my bad. All right, here we go. Interception here. Drive by... Patrick Mahomes and company, once again, no fault of Travis Kelsey, but uh, he was making it work here. Here we go. We got a 19-yard play on first and 10 right here, trying to get at midfield and you know keep the drive moving right here. So Travis Kelsey, boom, on the right sideline, just an out route. And once again, we have to watch Travis Kelsey on this route. This is why he's so great, folks, because you must respect everything that he can do. He runs routes so well. He catches so well. So here he is lined up right here in the slot. And here we go. Just going to do a little out route, that little hesitation move. The linebacker respects it. And look at that. Three yards of separation. Travis Kelsey catches it, immediately turns up field, gets the first down, gets about five, seven, eight yards more that he's running routes like a true wide receiver right there. Absolutely fantastic. Unfortunately, this drive ends in an interception. No fault to Travis Kelsey. And, uh, you know, if Travis Kelsey had anything to say about it, they would have scored points because of him on this drive. All righty, and then once again on this 
Interception drive, the play right before the interception. Travis Kelsey was still getting into the mix here. Second and 15 at Washington's 34-yard line, getting them inside the red zone here on this play on second and 15, the play right before the interception. Here we go. They're down three. Travis Kelsey just simple right there, but look at the move he puts on. Yes, sir. Once again, why? what makes Travis Kelsey so good and you know all of his secrets that he told at tight end university? Just a little comeback route right there. And then look at that nice little move inside, that little whoop, whoops past the defender. And then because of that move, he gets another five, ten yards and just shot, falls one short shy of the first down marker. They would have put up points right there, but Patrick Mahomes turns it over, unfortunately. All right, but now we get, you know, Patrick Mahomes cleaning everything up here. And on the touchdown drive here in the third quarter, we get Travis Kelsey doing his thing, folks. We got to go back to the sideline view here. Once again, the All-22 is all over the place here. Uh, first day it's up, and it's just, I don't know what's going on about uh, uh, All-22 and Game Pass and all that. It's a little wonky this season, and I do not appreciate I don't appreciate it. All right, but here we go. Second and 10. They go to Travis Kelsey, and uh, it's an incomplete pass. It would have been complete here, but... Uh, Patrick Mahomes doesn't really put it too much on the money right here. So here we go. Just way too low. And once again, Travis Kelsey running the little the little out route right here. Once again, the little shimmy at the top. Great separation right there. Patrick Mahomes throws it low and behind. You throw it right on the money. He takes that for the first down. So Trav Travis Kelsey running routes and being open. He's always open. Just Patrick Mahomes a little off this game. A little off so far this season. A, a little bit. Uh, but then he also, does he catch a ball here? Doesn't catch a ball here. He catches a ball here on the next touchdown drive to really ice the game, go up 24 to 13. Let's go to this play right here. Got to go back to the sideline or back to the broadcast view right here and cue up this play. And then we'll give a grade for Travis Kelsey. So here we go. Two plays right here. Travis Kelsey. Third and one. Third and one. Who do you trust on third and one in the red zone, folks? Obviously, you're trusting the big, beefy tight ends. Let's watch this one. Here we go. At the 15-yard line, Travis Kelsey, just a simple out route right there at the one-yard line. Shows, gets the ball. Boom, boom, boom. Ball a little low here by Patrick Mahomes, but Travis Kelsey's not tripping. He goes down low, catches the ball, secures it, just goes down. That's the first down. And then he's going to come back uh, into action a couple of plays later right here. On third and six again from the 18-yard line. Here we go. Trusting Travis Kelsey. This drive results into a touchdown as well. Travis Kelsey showing open. And once again, you've got to give credit to the tight ends right here. Always coming back towards the ball. We see Patrick Mahomes in trouble right here. Rolling out to the right. Looking for somebody to go. Shovel passes to Travis Kelsey. Showing open. Curling back open. And points to... <laughs> <laughs> points to Patrick Mahomes side. I got you, my man. I got you, bruh. And it results into a touchdown, and the Chiefs go on to win the game because of that. So, Travis Kelsey, welcome back. The last time we gave him a grade was week three. Couple of weeks absence here by Travis Kelsey, but he's right back on the mark and a very well done A-minus grade here for his week six performance. Travis Kelsey getting it done. We love it. Yes, sir. Alrighty, next tight end up here. Who do we got? Going to give a little bit of a shout out here. A little quick shout out here to the tight end from the Colts, folks. Oh boy. Oh boy. We got a little uh, refresh here. Oh, are all these refreshing? That is not what we want to see. 
Okay, alrighty. That may hinder us, but we will do our damnedest. I don't know why they all refreshed on us, but let's see what uh, let's see what goes on here. Alrighty, let's go to the Colts game. Little quick shout out here to the next tight end up here, who has been on the list once. He's been on the list once. When did he get on? Did he get on last week? What do we got? Mo Alley Cox week four. So we went a week without seeing him, but we're back with Mo Alley Cox here, tight end for the Colts. And uh, he didn't do anything big, but he had one catch for 28 yards and a touchdown. And it's when he scored the touchdown that we absolutely love here. So here we go. Out of halftime, it's 10 to 3. It's 10 3, one possession game here in halftime. Davis Mills, unfortunately, can't capitalize on it. He throws an interception, and who's there to cash in on the interception? Mo Alley Cox. It makes it a 17 to 3 game. Basically, closes out the game at that point in the third quarter. But let's shout out Mo Alley Cox here from the 30 yard line of the Texans. Here we go. Carson Wentz under center. Play action pass, sells it great, and then it's Mo Alley Cox. Look at that wide open, great extension right here to come down with the ball. Stays in bounds, and then easy crosses the pylon, crosses the end zone uh, goal line for the touchdown. Mo Alley Cox, let's go back to this one. Uh, just the extension right here is so beautiful, so absolutely great. I think we can bring this in the sideline and get a little bit of a better angle on this uh, this extension, full body extension by the tight end. We're going to get Mo Alley Cox here on the tight end on the left sideline and he just goes down for a lot a route and just look at that full body extension boom 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 well done and touchdown Mo Alley Cox that's all he did all game but how he did it it was a close game one score game until he got his big old paws on the ball and he takes it all the way for the touchdown so uh, Mo Alley Cox is second grade of the season we're going to give him a B plus absolutely or actually we're going to give him an A-. That's an A-. I know it's only one play, but sheesh, timing is everything. Tight ends, they're your safety blanket. They're the one that are supposed to, you know, do the big things in the big moments. That's why they started Tight End University, and that's a big old play, big old moment. Mojo moment, if you will. Mojo moment for Mo Alley Cox. Give that man an A-. Well done. Alrighty, next tight end we got a shout out is uh, obviously, I mean, how do we have, I, does he have one of the most grades right here? Mark Andrews for the Ravens. How many uh, how many grades we got here for Mark Andrews? We got the three grades, and he also just set the highest bar, the highest letter grade we ever gave out last week at an A+++. That is three pluses, folks. He's got three grades looking for his fourth. Um, so let's go to Mark Andrews and watch what he was doing, folks. Absolutely fantastic. All right, so here we go. And this one didn't refresh. Absolutely fantastic. Love it. So here we go. Mark Andrews. Let's read a stat line, and then we'll get into the plays right here that uh, is uh, making our decision here for a big old beefy grade right here. So he had five receptions for 68 yards, one touchdown, leading receiver for the Ravens, which is usually granted out here. But uh, that's what the tight ends do, baby. So here we go. Second touchdown drive right here, folks. We get a big pickup um, for this touchdown drive to go up 14-0, getting out to that big lead, making Brandon Staley go for it on fourth down in his own territory, really kind of losing the game at that moment. And it's all thanks in part by Mark Andrews of helping set up these scores. So here we go. Let's watch this play. First and 10 right here. 
Here we go. At their own 26-yard line, up 7-0 at this moment. Play-action pass. Goes to Mark Andrews over the middle of the field, and there he is, 15, 16, seven yard, 17 yards. And that's what we love about the tight ends. We see it all the time, folks, finding that soft spot of the zone. Look at him. Just sees it. Gets in front of the one defender. Doesn't keep going. Sits down. Waits for Lamar Jackson to see him, and he always sees him. And a big fire right there to pick up the first down and keep the drive alive. Oh, now this one wants to refresh. Great, great, fantastic. This is all right. All righty. Let's see how we have to do this. All right. Let's go uh, fast forward a little bit, a uh, little bit more here. Same drive right here. We're going to get uh, Mark Andrews again down here to help cap off this touchdown drive. Luckily, we wrote down the timestamp so we can get to him quickly right here. So here we go. All righty. Second and seven here across midfield at the Chargers 44-yard line. 49-yard line, I should say. Here it is, Mark Andrews, second and seven on the sideline. It doesn't matter where he is on the field. He's always open right here, folks. Gets the first down, keeps the drive moving that results into a touchdown. Look at him, open on the sideline, wide open, nobody within five yards of him. And then two feet down, boom, first down, Mark Andrews, which leads, did we mention this, leads to a touchdown, leads to a touchdown. Alrighty, but we're not done yet, folks. We are not done yet here with Mark Andrews on this touchdown drive. We need to see more out of him. We need more out of him. We need three catches on a touchdown drive. So let's uh, fast forward to our next timestamp here. Here we go. Alrighty, first and 10, and now they're at the Chargers 24-yard line. Here we go. Mark Andrews going to help out here right over the middle of the field. Boom, wide open. Unfortunately, can't stay on his feet. Gets brought down, and he's down at the one, and they're able to run it in with Le'Veon Bell on the very next play right here. Just once again, great job to get behind the linebackers right there. Nobody even close to him, and he gets brought down at the two-yard line. Mark Andrews, great job there, and once again, like we said, it results into a touchdown. Alrighty, and then we've got uh, one more play queued up here. Unfortunately, it refreshed, so we've got to go to it quickly, folks. We, we apologize right here. We've got them all queued up. We just don't understand why our browsers um, refreshed on us. Usually doesn't happen. So let's see if we can get back to this quickly right here. we got 743 in the, sec in the third quarter. Helping out on another touchdown drive like we just saw right there. Once again, to help keep up the pedal to the metal right here. Here we go. Getting there. Here we go. Nope. Can we get to it quickly? Here we go. Watch. Here we go. We get the replay right here. Mark Andrews. Just a little bit of a in route right here. In route, no, no, no troubles, no worries. And watch him, wide open, running the route, wide open, touchdown, bingo, bango, touchdown, Mark Andrews, helping out score points, helping blow out this Chargers team. Another fantastic performance, leading receiver in all of that as well. So, 
Mark Andrews, congratulations on another A-minus performance for week six. And I believe he is kind of the front runner of the best tight ends of the season, folks. I think he has the most of four grades so far. Travis Kelsey just got his fourth grade. So if you want to be kind of the best, we got to see you showing out on a weekly basis right here like we're seeing these other great tight ends are. Alrighty, next tight end. This is a first-timer. A first-timer on this list, folks. So give a big round of applause for the man. The man out here. And, you know, once again, nothing big here, but timing was everything. Um, unfortunately, this team lost. Let's head over to Carolina. And shout out tight end Ian Thomas. One catch for 41 yards, but the catch couldn't have came at a better time out here. Fourth quarter, fourth and 10, folks. Fourth and 10. Fourth and 10, down eight points. Fourth quarter, last ditch effort. And what does Sam Darnold do? He finds the tight end finally. Sam Darnold, this is what you should have been doing the entire game. Ian Thomas only had two targets the entire game. You don't have Christian McCaffrey. Use your tight end. Sam Darnold, come on, get your head together. But Ian Thomas on fourth and 10 goes big. 41 yards that helps, sets up the tying touchdown and uh, ensuing tying two-point conversion right here. We've got the timestamp written down, so let's just fast forward over here and let's watch Ian Thomas be absolutely perfect right here on this play so here we go we got to queue it up right here got to skip one more 10 second span and we're right on it now folks so here we go here we go, fourth and ten, folks. Panthers down eight at their own four-yard line. At their own four-yard line, fourth and ten. Ian Thomas is about to get open, though, so here we go. Just right here, just running a go route down the seam. Sam Darnold finds him. Look at this tight window. Oh, great job by uh, Sam Darnold, but an even better catch right here. Right on the money. Great concentration. Defender right on him. Catches it and then goes for another Six yards right there to get him basically at midfield. Ian Thomas jump-starting this drive. It was fourth down, folks. That's clutch, and we celebrate the clutch tight ends. So an absolutely very well done clutch performance by Ian Thomas. First time on our tight end list right here. So give a round of applause, like I said. Ian Thomas, we're going to give you a B rating. Fantastic. Week five, week six grade. B, B, B. Love it. Clutch, clutch, clutch. Absolutely love it. Alrighty, a couple more tight ends. We got uh, three more tight ends. I think we got to go over. So the next tight end we've got to go to is over at Dallas, folks. Dallas, New England. And uh, this tight end is just emerging really on the scene as really one that really wants to be known as a tier one. Really want to be known as the regard of Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller. He wants to be regarded with that class of A1 tier one tight ends in this league. So let's see if we can get him there. Here we go. Dalton Schultz of the Dallas Cowboys, folks. Absolutely fantastic game. Second leading receiver only behind CeeDee Lamb. Five catches, 79 yards. No scoring touchdowns himself, but helping out on scoring drives. Mostly touchdowns and all of that. Fantastic. So here we go. Let's uh, watch some of these plays here. The first one is on the touchdown drive in the first quarter. Absolutely fantastic out here. 
We get a first and 10, and it's an 18-yard pass to Dalton Schultz. Once again, helping out on the drive, scoring drives, utilizing the tight end. So here we go. Let's watch this one. Here we go. It's just Dalton Schultz on a block and release. Dak Prescott finding all the time, and then just a tip drill right here. Dak Prescott trying to fit it into somebody else right here, another wide receiver. I believe that's Michael Gallup or Amari Cooper, excuse me, trying to hit Amari Cooper. I don't even know who that was. I was watching the wrong guy. Uh, my apologies. But whoever it was, he wasn't targeting Dalton Schultz. The ball gets tipped up in the air. But, hey, awareness, ball awareness. They teach that at Titan University. And there it is, Dalton Schultz on a potential interception play, a potential incomplete that would have set up second and 10. He takes it for the first down and 10 more yards. Great job there. That once again helps on a touchdown drive. But that's not all he did on this drive. He's catching another ball right here. And this time, another big play. The other play went for 19 yards. This play's going for 23. Here we go. Second and seven approaching the red zone of the Patriots. Uh, Dak Prescott drops back to pass. And there's Dalton Schultz right there getting the ball down to the one-yard line. Boom. They punch it in on the next play. And that's all because of Dalton Schultz on that drive scoring a touchdown. Fantastic. But he's not done yet, folks. He's only score. He's only helping out scoring in the first quarter. And we know this Cowboys team was scoring first, second, third, fourth quarter. So here's Dalton Schultz touchdown drive here in the third quarter, folks. And we get another big play. First and 10, 20-plus yards here. Right across midfield. Down four points. Need a score here. Play action pass. And it's just Dalton Schultz. Fantastic right here on the block and release. And he goes all the way down to the 25-yard line. And once again, we, we loved uh, Matthew Judon. Uh, the the defender for the Patriots out here. You can always recognize him by the red long sleeves. Here's Dalton Schultz. He's not at the end of the line, but watch what Dalton Schultz does here because they sell the fake. He sells the block. He goes to block Matthew Judon. Matthew Judon is going down the line away from the play action play. So Dalton Schultz says, okay, thank you for doing my job. And he recognizes that, stops the block, goes out for a route. Uh, Dak hits him. Nobody around him. He takes a 5, 10, 15, 20 plus yards right there. Fantastic job. Awareness, blocking, catching, doing it all, all on one play. That's what tight end university is all about, folks. And Dalton Schultz truly is the embodiment of tight end university. This, uh, this play helped to go down, score a touchdown to retake the lead. And then we get a... Field goal drive here in the fourth quarter. Dalton Schultz back at it, folks. Back at it. Got to take this one in the sideline view. So let's uh, rechange the view here. And then we'll queue up this play. And we're watching Dalton Schultz, folks. Uh, what do we got here? Here we go on first and 10, 12-yard play here. Let's watch Dalton Schultz once again work on a scoring drive. Let's see what he can do here. Dropping back to pass, and once again, here he is, just an out route at the boundary. Defender over him, catches it, 12 yards, first down, keeping the drive moving, positive play, keeping the defense on their toes, and helping out with the scoring. And then we get him. We can't have a tight end, and uh, we can't have a game go to overtime and not talk about the tight ends right folks at the touchdown drive on in overtime they go to Dalton Schultz folks here we go first and 10 
They're at their own 36-yard line, just trying to move the ball, get some positive yards, keep the defense on their toes, play action pass. Dalton Schultz, boom, six yards, and this drive goes for a touchdown to win the game in overtime, and it's helped jumpstart it by Dalton Schultz. So once again, Dalton Schultz, folks, absolutely great throughout the entire game, first, second, third, fourth quarter, overtime, all of that. Always ready, always ready to make the play. So Dalton Schultz, congratulations for your A-minus grade out here. Absolutely fantastic. Fantastic week six. Man, oh man, love it. Alrighty, what do we got? Uh, two more tight ends to go, folks. Here we go. We're going to stay here at the Cowboys-Patriots game for the next tight end. We got to shout out Hunter Henry, folks. Tight end for the Patriots. Uh, not too much in this game, but how he was doing it, when he really got it going. So Hunter Henry, only two catches for 25 yards, but he had a touchdown. And this touchdown came in the first quarter when they were uh, tied 7-7. So this gave them a 14-7 lead right here. Great job by Hunter Henry to get out to good starts, helping your offense and your team get out to good starts, helping Mac Jones get comfortable in this game. It all be, it's all because of Hunter Henry. So watch this one. Here we go. First and 10 from from the Cowboys 20-yard line. We're going to get Hunter Henry right down the seam right there. And look at him off that break. Oh, once again, breaking off your route, running routes like wide receivers. Here he is. Just watch the top of this route, that little extra separation at the top of the route. He's able to get two a yard of separation right there, catches the ball, gets down, crosses the goal line, doesn't take the big hit. Oh, that's great. Helps the Patriots get off to a nice 14-7 seven starts so Hunter Henry this is not his first grade I do not believe his third grade of the season well done for a B plus for the score we'll give him a B plus for his week six performance and then we've got one more tight end to shout out here and that takes us to the Sunday night football game Seahawks at Steelers all right this one can we queue up quickly what do we got Okay, we should be able to kill this one out quickly. All right, here we go. We got to go to the Steelers tight end out here, and we're going to shout out Pat Fryermuth. Yes, sir. The rookie tight end out here. Seven receptions, 58 yards. No scores himself, but came up big time. Uh, came up big time out here uh, to help out. So here we go. Let's watch some Pat Fryermuth out here. So here we go. First play we're going to look at and it's really coming down to uh, these two touchdown drives in the second quarter offense of the Steelers floundered in the first quarter but Pat Fryermuth helps out on the two touchdown drives in the second quarter that really kind of carry the Steelers for the entire game into the fourth quarter where they have to kick a couple of field goals and then in overtime but uh, the only touchdowns of the game are these the only touchdowns by, uh, yeah, these are the only touchdowns by the Steelers uh, helped out by Pat Fryermuth. So let's queue up the first play right here. We got to go to 38-39. Here we go. We should be able to queue up all these plays quickly, folks. No worries. Here we go. 38-39. And here we are. A little above. We got to go back a little bit. But we can go back by 10 seconds. No worries. Let's get this uh, back to Pat Fryermuth, 38-39. All righty, here we go. One more skip back, and here we are. All righty, Pat Fryermuth, first and goal, folks. First and goal. Is this not it? Okay, hang on. We might have beefed the first play. Um, 
38, 39. I'm at 39, 38. Dyslexic is not great, folks. All right, here we go. Here we go. We're, we're for real this time. Finally queuing up Pat Fryermuth. Here we go. Stick with us, folks. Here we go. All righty. First and 10, folks. Here we go. First and 10 in the red zone. Who do you go to? You got to go to your tight end. So here we go. Pat Fryermuth. Boom. Soft spot over the middle of the field and picks up the first down. Keeps his body moving. You can't use only one defender to bring down the big, beefy tight ends. You need three of them. He's dragging three defenders three extra yards getting them all the way down inside the five and once again helps cap off the touchdown drive helping it down in the red zone utilizing those big beefy targets we absolutely love it that's what the tight ends are there for folks and then on the second touchdown drive here we go we get a big play right here nine yard pass on second and eight Ooh, helps keeps the chains moving yes sir at their own 41 yard line here we go Pat Fryermuth number 88 boom just a little bit of a comeback route right on the goal line but extends the ball fights for that extra half a yard to get the first down picks up the first down and he's on his way to help with a scoring touchdown drive Alrighty, now we go to the third quarter, helping out on a field goal drive helping up put up points how can you go wrong so here we go next play here by pat fryermuth here we go, and we're a little disappointed, and I'm a little disappointed, and this is kind of where we see the defense, so we can't give them really an A grade here, probably somewhere around the Bs, but uh, still solid right here to make it an even better field goal. Got to learn to extend the ball and fight for those yardage, but hey, that will come. He's a rookie tight end, folks, so you know we don't we could see him getting better um, in learning that skill set and uh, while he's intending tight end university next season. But here we go. Third and 14. He tries his damnedest right here. Here he goes. Just going to hit an out route right here. Big Ben goes to him. And here he goes. Just got to find a way to get those extra one, two, three yards right there. Not to go down. Stay on your feet and all that. But overall makes it a chip shot field goal. Helps it out. And they score points off of it. So solid there. And then the last one. We've got to take a quick look at here, and then we'll give them a grade, and then we'll move on to our power rankings. Here we go. Field goal drive in the fourth quarter, folks, to help tie the game. Yes, sir. Or to help go up by three. Yes, sir. Uh, here we go. All right, here we go on second and six. This time he picks up the first down again. Love him picking up the first downs. Here we go. Pat Fryermuth. Here we go, second and six at their own 28-yard line. Boom, and it's another out route right here. He stays on his feet, and he's able to kind of get that extra yard right here. Here he goes. He catches the football about two yards shy of the first down, turns up field, and he's strong, and he's able to get the extra yards for the first down. He knows it. He, signa he signals it, brings that energy to the squad. Pat Fryermuth, folks, very, very well done out here uh, helping out this struggling Steelers passing offense. So Pat Fryermuth, this is not his first time on the list. Shout out to Pat Fryermuth. I believe this is his second time out here, and we're going to give him a B- for his work week six. Fantastic. 
So those were all the great tight end performances this week, folks. And it seems like Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey are in the lead. Travis Kelsey has an A+, plus, an A+, plus, a B-, minus, and an A-. minus. Mark Andrews has an A-, minus, a B+, plus, an A+++, plus, 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 and an A-. Minus. I think Mark Andrews is in the lead for summa cum laude honors for our 2021 tight end university uh, graduating class, I should say. So, well done to the tight ends. Another great week of tight ends showing out and showing why they are such a big uh, component to winning games and moving the ball offensively, truly showing out here. So, you got to give them all the credit. So, give a nice round of applause for all the tight ends and an extra special, long, loud round of applause for Ian Thomas finally making the list out here and getting in the running. Alrighty, and that's going to bring us to our power rankings, folks. Our last topic that we've got to cover for today's show. So, here we go. Let's talk about the power rankings. Here are Here's what we had heading into this week. We had the Titans at 10, Packers at 9, Browns at 8, Ravens at 7, Chargers at 6, Bucks at 5, Rams at 4, Bills at 3, Cowboys at 2, and the Cardinals, the number one team in the league. Now that every team has played, we can start rearranging our power rankings of how we see these teams after six weeks out here. We have two new teams entering the list. Fantastic. So let's tell you why we're moving these two teams out of the top 10. And then we'll start uh, the ordering here. So here we go. The first team we're moving out of the top 10 is the Browns. Kevin Stefanski's play calling is not up to what it was last season of what made them win 11 games and be competitive and get you know decently deep second round of the playoffs. Also, obviously, Baker Mayfield's turnovers are a huge concern. He's got to be playing game manager football out here. We're not going to penalize this Browns team too much. We're still penalizing them. We're still taking the you know Baker Mayfield turnovers into big consideration. The Kevin Stefanski play calling a little bit in consideration as well. Uh, but they're at number eight. We got to move them out of the top ten. They faced the Cardinals last week. That's why we're not going to you know place so much blame on them. I mean that's the best team in the league, folks, because the Brown doesn't compete that well with the best team in the league and had a little bit of a glimpse in the second quarter where they put back-to-back touchdowns up. Unfortunately, floundered in the third quarter. Once again, bad Baker Mayfield's turnover, so that's still what we're counting. But it's against the Cardinals. We're not going to weigh it too heavy. We're still weighing it, not too heavy, but we got to knock the Browns out of the top 10. And then the other team we're knocking out of the top 10 is the Chargers, folks. Woo, a big old blowout there by the Ravens. And once again, Brandon Staley, his aggressive play calling. It worked out against the Chiefs game. It worked out against the Browns game. But he kind of figured out, hey, I can't be that aggressive here all the time because it kind of bit him in the butt a little bit against the Ravens. Also, the lackluster offense by the Chargers and Justin Herbert and all that definitely hurt him as well. And just we've seen some great play by other teams that we have to take into consideration into consideration so hopefully the Chargers can really that was a bad loss by the Ravens folks that was a real bad loss right there big bad taste in our mouth with this Chargers team so we'll see if they can get back in the top 10 here uh, but we do have to move them out of the top 10 so those are the two teams officially moving out and we'll see which teams replace them but here we go let's start at number 10 and work our way up to number one new number 10 team out here is no longer the Ra- or no longer the Titans it is the Raiders folks loved their offense this week it was explosive. 
They didn't even really use Darren Waller that much. He had five receptions for about 50 yards. Uh, still solid work, but they put up 34 points, and we told y'all that was uh, they only put up 34 or more points with John Gruden five times through his tenure. We knew John Gruden was holding this team back, and uh, the offense not missing a beat win the game on the road mile high all those circumstances uh the Raiders team was able to overcome and get it done on the field and win a great game on the road against a solid Broncos defense the scoring output definitely helps us move this team in the top 10 the reason why we're going to put him at number 10 and take it a little bit slowly with them is this a one-hit wonder game are they going to be able to move on with their new head coach, and uh, I'm blanking on the name again. I got to look it up, and I had it all ready to go, folks. I'm sorry. I should have written it down. I know it's Basia. What's the first name, though? Uh, so I truly apologize again, but we're going to get it taken care of right here, folks. We will never forget his name again. Uh, here we go. Uh, Rich Basia. And let me make sure I'm pronouncing this right. Let me hit this up in the Google Translate so I can make sure I'm saying it. No more disrespect for this man. We can disre disrespect John Gruden. We've got, I'll call him Jan, Jan Groden. Jan Groden. Who cares if we pronounce his name wrong, right? Let's make sure we're getting this man's name right. Uh, well, she doesn't even say it right. <laughs> Rich Bisaccia. I don't think, I think it's Rich Basia. Bisaccia. We'll definitely get it down. Uh, we'll go with Rich Bisaccia. I think it's Bisaccia. Bisaccia, Bisaccia, uh, potato, potato. He's winning games. So that's all we really care about. Winning games, folks. Rich Bisaccia. Absolutely love it. And we'll see if they can keep up these win totals and these scoring totals and all that. And uh, see if this team was truly held back by John Gruden. And by how much? We'll see how by how much. So congratulations to the Raiders. Offense, defense was getting it going. Didn't let Teddy Bridgewater really do anything meaningful this game. So shout out to that as well. Raiders, the new number 10 team in our power rankings. Rich Bisaccia, folks. Give the man credit. Rich Bisaccia. I'm about to just say that name uh, every two seconds now. Alrighty, here we go. New number nine team in our first new team in our power rankings. Got a shout out at this team. This is becoming a real deal team right here. Like head coach Zach Taylor said it would be the new number nine team is the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a real offense, folks. And the defense shut out that Lions team until the fourth quarter where did it matter? Do we care about fourth quarter scoring if they're, you're not competitive for the rest of the game? So uh, Lions at home, the tears by Dan Campbell. Everything was stacked against the Bengals, even coming off that loss against the Packers. Everything was stacked up against this Bengals team to give the Lions the first win of the season. But what happened? The Bengals were like, the Lions? <laughs> the Lions? Bengals beat Lions in the wild. Bengals would kill it, the Lion. And that's exactly what happened on Sunday. So well done to this Bengals team. This offense, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, great hook up there. They've got great wide receivers, tall, fast weapons. Joe Mixon, shout out that running back, truly proving that he should be kind of considered an A1 tier one running back in this league. And like we just complimented the defense, is shut out the Lions. I know it's not that hard. It's Jared Goff and Trash Company, we get it. But overall, a shutout's a shutout. I mean, people are ranting and raving about the Bills, shutouts against the Dolphins without Tua and the Texans with Davis Mills. So we can get excited about three full quarters of shutout by the Lions. I, I will shout that out. So well done for the Bengals defense. A real team. Zach Taylor's a real smart head coach that has this locker room and team fighting to the end. They have some hiccups. Got down a little big. A uh, couple of interceptions early on by Joe Burrow against the Packers. And they stay the course. And they stay with it and make it a competitive game. And should have won it. But the kicker, unfortunately... 
So this Bengals team is a real deal. Why we're going to take it a little bit slowly with this Bengals team, it seems like it takes a little bit for the offense to get going. If we can see them get going from first play to second quarter, the third quarter, all that, and string along together a great game, seems like they're getting out to a little bit of slow starts. But overall, this team is fantastic, and I'm ready to see what they can do against real great teams, folks, consistently. I think they, I think they can get it done. Let's quickly see what this Bengals team has up next week. Uh, to see if we can potentially move them up a little bit. Uh, they got the Jets. So they may hang around nine a little bit. But uh, you got to see them blow out the Jets, and we'll keep them at nine. Maybe move them up one. Well done with the Bengals. They're doing it, folks. They're doing it. Love it. Bengals at eight. Or Bengals at nine, excuse me. All right, new number eight team here. We're going to move them up one spot here. We're going to go Packers here. Um, when we watch the Packers, they're good. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Devontae Adams. The defense is solid right here. Great work against the uh, Bears defense last week um, on the road as well. Aaron Rodgers, you know, I still own y'all. I love that absolute respectful disrespect by him. So, uh, obviously, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's, you know, we've got no problems with this Packers team. We just haven't seen, like, a big win. We, like, with these other kind of top-tier teams, the Cardinals just winning against the Browns without the head coach. A special win, always coming from behind. Special win, beating the Rams. Special win. The Cowboys going to Foxborough, overcoming all that, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Bucks week one, um, beating the Chargers on the road. Big special win. The Bills beating the Chiefs last week. Big special Special win. The Rams. Who would they be? Have they beat anybody? They're winning. They're looking good. Uh, you know, they're looking good. Defense is looking good. The Bucks, you know, defending defending Super Bowl champions, still winning all that. Uh, the Ravens just beating the Chargers last week. So when we look at kind of the teams that we have already above the Packers without, you know, this, this week's uh, new top 10 and all that. When we see everybody kind of above the Packers right here, they've all got that big special win. The Packers just don't have that. They've been looking good and looking solid. They're looking like classic Packers, but it's classic Packers, you know, losing in the NFC Championship game, which is still a good team, but we've just got to see that that something else. I've seen, I see magic. I see some special talent. I'm seeing so greatness all around on these other teams, but the Packers are just looking like a classic great team. So it's just not great to us. It's nothing special to us. So we're just going to leave them at 8. They're winning games, but we're not knocking it, folks. We're not knocking this Packers team, folks. Please don't come at me and be like, oh, you're a hater on the Packers. Please stop that. Please don't call us a hater of any team, folks. Who do we hate? We don't like Sam Darnold. Uh, but we try to like them, and we try to look at the bright spots, but they're never coming. But, you know, we don't hate teams for no reason, folks. We're not dissing Aaron Rodgers because he's great. We love Aaron Rodgers because he's great. That's the only reason why we love Aaron Rodgers is because he's great. Uh, but, yeah, Packers at number 8 here, folks. Just not that wow moment, that wow game. Even against the Steelers, it was like, yeah, it's a good win. It's a good win, but now we know the Steelers are nothing great. We just want to see that magical win for the Packers. Do they have it in them? Do they have it in them? We don't know if they have it in them. We've got other teams showing us actively they have it in us. They have it in them, and we just don't see that quite yet with the Packers. It's not a big knock, folks. It's not a big knock, but we are going to leave the Packers at number eight. All right, and this is the team that we're going to put above them because we just saw that special win last night. The Titans moving up from number 10 to number 7 here. Fantastic. Derrick Henry obviously is always top 10. Derrick Henry is always number 1, uh, but the team all around. This Titans defense is nothing good, folks. They got it done in the red zone, so I will shout that out, but it's also a part of the Bills not getting it done. So, But, I mean, this Titans corners were getting burned all week uh, all game long last night, and now Caleb Fairley, the rookie corner, is out, unfortunately. So, we're going to move the Titans up at number 7. A great win against the Bills when nobody gave them a chance besides us. 
I think we we're the only one that uh, had the Titans last night, but we digress. Um, so shout out to us. Also, we digress again. Um, but yeah, the Titans team with Derrick Henry is fantastic. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is playing exceptional, uh, above average game manager, way better game managing football than Baker Mayfield is. I mean, coming into the season, we had Ryan Tannehill and Baker Mayfield both in the above average game manager quarterback territory, which is a good category to be in. But Baker Mayfield is falling hard out of that category. The man's just a, an average game managing quarterback. Ryan Tannehill is still above average, making the big plays, hitting A.J. Brown on the big plays, getting it done. This Titans team is finding ways to win, folks. Special win against the Bills, coming back um, from behind against Seattle and winning the game. This team has no quit in them. Um... Oh, the head coach for the Titans. Give me a second. Mike Vrabel. That's the coach. That's what Dan Campbell wants to be is Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel doesn't need to cry at the press conference. Mike Vrabel has that kind of big, beefy kind of uh, mentality to him a little bit. Uh, he played, what, tight end in the league? So he knows. He knows strength. He knows physicality. He knows what it takes to win in this game, to be competitive in this league. He knows all of that, and he passes that down. There is no quit in this Titans team. They don't have the best personnel offensively, defensively. They do have the best running back, um, you know, better than Dan Campbell's, DeAndre Swift. And, you know, Ryan Tannehill is better than Jared Goff. But that is exactly what Dan Campbell wants to be, a tough-nosed head coach that wins games when maybe they shouldn't always but they never give up. They never quit. And that's what we get with this Titans team. With the Packers, Aaron Rodgers throws two interceptions. They throw in the towel. We see that time and time again, folks. It's Aaron Rodgers. If, oh, he gets a little bit of a diva status sometimes. And I don't want to uh, truly say that as a 100% disrespect calling him, you know, a diva attitude. I'm not truly drawing every parallel to diva status with Aaron Rodgers, but oh, we get some lackadaisical throws over and over again by Aaron Rodgers in certain situations when they're down and the defense isn't kind of helping him out and he threw an interception and then another interception. We saw it last season. We saw it this season as well. So we just get those glimpses by Aaron Rodgers with also no special kind of wins. So that's why they're at number eight, folks, and we got the Titans at number seven. I'm loving what Derrick Henry's helping this Titans team do, and we'll see how long they can stay here because this defense is nothing that we can really rely on too much but they find ways to win games that's what it takes in this league you just gotta win folks winning cures everything titans are winning titans at seven Alrighty, new number six team here, and we're going to drop this team back a little bit here, and uh, i've been wrestling with this one folks i've been wrestling with this one I don't like doing this. I rarely try to do this as well, but I'm going to put the Bills at six, and I know it's blasphemous to put the team that lost to the other team above that team in the power rankings. I get that. So having Titans at seven and Bills at six, it's real close because this Bills defense is a 1,000% better than the Titans defense overall, but it's Derrick Henry, and they're finding ways to win games. And this Bills team is so good from the 20 to the 20s, just in the red zone they stall. This Bills team is so freaking good, folks. It's real gosh dang good they're a glint they're a sliver away from being great and being one of the top five teams I can't put the Titans over the Bills if they faced again in Buffalo I don't know what would happen I think the Bills may win it I think Derrick Henry does his thing still I just think the overall defense of the Titans doesn't really get that win so Bills at number six 
Josh Allen is looking really good, not great. Uh, the the offensive weapons, Stephon Diggs, are still looking great. The defense is looking absolutely fantastic. Top three, easily. Top two, make the argument. Top one, make the argument. Uh, so Bills at number six. I hate doing this to the Titans, and it's no disrespect to Derrick Henry, I promise, but I do have to move the Bills to number six, even, even though last night's game. All right, number five team is staying in the box. It's kind of the same thing with that Packers team, uh, but I have Tom Brady, so obviously Tom Brady's better than Aaron Rodgers. We've seen it. It was proven last season. That's all I need to see. Um, but, yeah, this Bucks team at number five, they're just a regular great team. No real special wins. Yeah, they won in Foxborough, but that was just a special win because of the narrative around it. Uh, you know, the Bucks losing to the Rams, obviously not great for this Bucks team, but it's Tom Brady in the offense. I mean, they just get it done. They always get it done. They're so solid and they're just so consistent but we don't see that special what the, the only special ability that they have is that they've got the greatest of all time in Tom Brady so Bucks are going to stay as five here good Thursday night win against the Eagles this week we'll see what they can do this week as well uh, but yeah they're just a regular great team um, the defense you know struggling with the injuries a little bit we'll see if that kind of affects them going forward but as long as they got Tom Brady that's what makes them special Bucks stay at five Alrighty, new number four team is going to be the Ravens. Big old jump here because of that big blowout win over the Chargers. Uh, even Lamar Jackson making all those mistakes, and that's why we're not going to move him up maybe to number three here for the Ravens. We've got to see Lamar Jackson clean up those mistakes. Yes, it was a blowout against the Chargers, but it's Brandon Staley and the offense kind of helping you know create some short fields for the Ravens to take advantage of. We still had two interceptions by Lamar Jackson that must be cleaned up, absolutely. But, I mean, when we just look at what this Ravens team can do, they're special. They beat the Chiefs coming back from behind. They beat the Colts coming back from behind. Now, we don't want to see that every single week, and we want to see you clean up the turnovers, but we get that special ability win. We want to see glimpses of that through the season, winning different ways. Why we had the Cardinals, they're still the number one team. Spoiler alert, because they're winning different ways. They just won without their head coach. They won while being down. They won while just going into SoFi Stadium against the Rams and just beating them right from the rip. So they found different ways to win. The Ravens are found the ways to win from coming back from behind. They found the ways to win the blowout. Now we just got to see them clean up the offense and be consistent. And this Ravens team is potentially representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. So, Lamar Jackson, he is the offense rushing, passing. Le'Veon Bell getting into the mix. Uh, Latavius Murray, fantastic rushing. And uh, um, Devontae Freeman, I love this kind of uh, running back uh, set here by the Ravens. Kind of, you know, always tier two in their career. Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman. Le'Veon Bell was A1, tier one. But, uh, you know, getting Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman back to what really they should. They should have had the opportunity to kind of be the main running back for, you know, a three-year stint with the team they never really got that opportunity and now they're here on a potential championship winning team the defense smothered Justin Herbert and made him look like a clown made him look like a rookie a bad rookie not like a really great second year uh, player coming into his own so this Ravens team all over the place they're getting wins John Harbaugh he's playing yeah, I mean he's got the respect I mean the players love playing for him they're going for it on kind of a little good like a little uh kind of 50 situ 50 50 situation should we run or should we uh, kick the field goal should we go for it? should we go for it on a fourth down should we try for the touchdown all that so he's a player's coach and all that the defense is great Lamar Jackson is almost unstoppable we haven't seen him base stopped besides the interceptions but they're still winning games so Ravens at number four 
Alrighty, number three team is, we're going to bump this team up a little bit, is the Rams. Um, good win, dominant win over the Giants. Granted, it's the Giants. Uh, but uh, yeah, Matthew Stafford's doing his thing here. I'm still a little concerned with uh, you know him going back to Cooper Cup. Still would like to see Robert Woods get good, solid production every single game, not just a game that Cooper Cup is struggling with. But overall, this Rams defense, that's what it is, folks. It's great. Um, you know, Jerry, um, Sean McVay with Matthew Stafford, maybe one of the sm smartest offenses there, in the, there is in the league. Matthew Stafford does need to shore up some accuracy problems on wide open throws. But other than that, this Rams team is getting it done. And hopefully that continues to grow and get better as the team progresses uh, throughout the season. But this Rams team, they're winning games. Uh, their defense is great. It's Matthew Stafford, the running back, Daryl Henry. Anderson, Sony Michelle, I mean, running back by committee is truly getting it done here. And then uh, Tyler Higby, the tight end. Shout out to tight end university. Always a scoring threat as well. So the Rams just have a very, very complete team. And they're getting it done. So Rams at three. Cowboys are going to stay at number two. A great win this week for Dak and the boys. Defense, uh, offense struggling to really punch it in, uh, not getting it done. And then the refs kind of making some bad calls about, you know, him not crossing the goal line and all that. But they re they were resilient. They found ways to win. They got it done in overtime. And they went into Bill Belichick's defense where Tom Brady only put up 17 points and put up 30-plus points, correct? They put up, what, 17 or 35 points? 35 points. So they put up a lot of points right there, moved the ball. Zeke and Tony Pollard, great running back by committee. Uh, you know, CeeDee Lamb, Mari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, all emerging fantastically here. And Dak Prescott slinging the ball around. Cowboys at two. And the Cardinals will stay the number one team here, winning without their head coach. Absolutely fantastic. Missing a couple of offensive linemen. Fantastic. Getting it done from start to finish. Um, you know, nobody gave them credit. The Cardinals were uh, plus three. We took that. Great value this week. And they blew out the Browns. No problem. Defense getting it done. Offense getting it done. Scoring touchdowns. Having to settle for field goals, but not letting it kind of, you know, bother them. And then they come right back out of halftime, keeping up the scoring pace as well. So this Cardinals team can literally do it all uh, with their coach, without their coach, from behind, winning from the get-go. No worries. This Cardinals team is the most complete team um, personnel-wise, schematically, offense, defense, and winning-wise. They've found ways to win games, and that's what it takes in the NFL, finding ways to win games depending on scenarios and game situation awareness. So Cardinals, they do it all to a T. Give them the respect and the credit they deserve. Cardinals still at number one. So our top 10 heading into week 7 is Raiders at 10, Bengals at 9, Packers at 8, Titans at 7, Bills at 6, Bucks at 5, Ravens at 4, Rams at 3, Cowboys at 2, and the Cardinals still number 1. Alrighty, folks, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We are back live tomorrow, noon Eastern, um, doing our Wednesday film study, our favorite day of the week here at Takes by Fans. We're definitely going to be breaking down Tua and all of his throws, showing y'all why he's the real deal and why... I don't know why nobody's giving him credit, but we'll 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 force the we're we're about this close to forcing the credit out on y'all, and I don't think y'all want that, but it's getting close to that point. Uh, one or two more tweets by blue check marks, and I'm about to lose it. And then we'll also see what else we have in store for us. But I know we're watching to 100%. Uh, also, Teddy Bridgewater. We got to, what the hell is going on? I'm really getting started to be a little disappointed in Teddy Bridgewater. And that kills me to say it. But we'll see what we get uh, tomorrow. And we'll watch it all through. We'll talk it all through. But uh, be prepared for it. We cannot wait. All right, folks. We're back live tomorrow, noon Eastern. Hope you'll join us.